morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to another exciting Monday. And I see some familiar faces are back. So thank you for that. I know last week you wanted to miss the epic harassment, abuse that I went through with Christopher James Lawrence. And I see his mother nodding because she knows. I often tell him only a mother can love him, really. So Anyway, I'm so excited to have everyone back on a Monday. It's a great day. We have so much to go over today, and I'm excited to introduce Amanda here in a second. And But before I do that, I just want to remind everyone, please uh, use the chat room if you have questions and comments and stuff like that. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear the interaction. And we will stick around. It seems to be going over quite well for some people, so we'll stick around uh, for the, after the meeting, um, about 10 minutes or so. So, which would be great. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the good, the bad, and Netflix. Now, I really think Amanda is attacking Netflix, but we'll give her an opportunity to explain herself in, in a second. But we really want to understand, um, as a life coach, how does that really apply to a lot of us as we think about life, leadership, and business? So, the good, the bad, and the Netflix uh, is about um, Amanda as a life coach. How does she help people? I want to share an interesting um nisbet here that was from her website that i really kind of wanted you guys to know because i really think this this is actually quite interesting uh what's on there so from amanda's perspective when i'm speaking about the you i'm really referring to amanda there it, you know from amanda you know she spent more than half of uh her life trying to fit in trying to be a good daughter a good wife a good friend a good worker and a good mother optics was everything and i know for a lot of people sometimes that's the case as well and no matter how hard she tried to please everyone in her life, she could not find happiness because nobody ever told her that you would have to please yourself first, right? Um, she would have to learn how to love her body, love her face, love her big personality, love really all of her. Nobody told her um, that she would need to love herself happy, which I thought was so interesting. But now, and now she knows, and maybe today she's going to be able to tell a few people on here how to do it. Here's an interesting quote I pulled off her website as well. Uh, if you find yourself stuck, if worrying about what other people think keeps you from the life you want and deserve, you deserve to spend an hour with her. So you need to book a consult. <laughs> so that's really a plug there, but we're going to plug it again because I think it's so important. Amanda, welcome to Monday Mindset. Uh, did I miss anything there? Oh, thank you so much, Kyle. No, you didn't miss anything. I love that beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. So I, I know everyone wants to know, specifically me, are you attacking Netflix? What does that mean? The good, the bad, <laughs> and Netflix? I am not attacking Netflix. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with Netflix. Like, there's nothing wrong with watching TV. And quite honestly, there's really nothing wrong with anything that you do unless you establish there's a problem with it. So just what I kind of notice is that a lot of people, especially right now with everything that's happening, are finding that they're doing activities that potentially aren't bringing them closer to where they wanna be, and they're actually taking them farther away. And they're participating in activities that they're hoping are gonna make them feel better. And a lot of the times they don't feel better at the end of that. And sometimes they feel even worse. And so when I talk about the good, the bad, and the Netflix, kind of more it is the good, the bad, and the escaping. Are you escaping the negative feelings that you're having right now? Are you having hard emotions? And rather than processing those emotions, 
are you just turning on Netflix and like tuning it all out? Just pretending it's not happening. So it's not the fact that people are binging, you know, binge watching Netflix or anything like that. But again, if they're doing it purposeful, right? If they're doing it with purpose and with tension of saying, hey, I need to transition or, you know, oftentimes in my own practice, we talk about transitioning, right? If they're transitioning and doing it with purpose, then it makes sense. But it's, I don't want to have to deal with life or stuff. So I'm going to do something else. That's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of times I think that it's not as conscious as we might think it is, right? A lot of times our brains like to tell us a story like, this is totally rational. I just need a break. Mm. Right? Like I even think about when I used to smoke, it's a really great like parody of that because I think, oh, I just, I just, I just need a break. Right? Or just this once. I'll just do it just this one time. A couple of things I didn't know that you smoked. So I think that's an interesting <laughs> revolution there. And the second part is what you just said is just this one time, right? It's, it's almost like what I know Catherine says when she watches Netflix, one more show, one more episode, right? Um, but it's interesting, you know, although I make light of that, but that's really kind of what's happening is what you're suggesting. So when you work with your clients, is that the story they're telling themselves? Just, just, this, one, just this one time or... Sometimes, sometimes with my clients, it's that, yeah, you know, but a lot of times what I hear from my clients is they just need a break, you know, so they're pouring themselves that glass of wine because they just need a break. Um, They're going to watch just one episode of this show just to like decompress. Mm -hmm. But the problem with it is that it's really not decompression if you're experiencing some negative emotions. I mean, it can be, but it really, in the end, it kind of isn't because probably you're having a strong emotion. And when you're having a strong emotion, the thing about emotions is that they like to be, our brains like to label them. And I think society labels it to an extent, right? We should always be positive. Things should always be good. We should be striving to be always in a great mindset. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that, you know, like for instance, let's say somebody that you really love dies and you feel grief and sadness those are normal emotions. And I think that sometimes bad emotions, they just get a bad rap. Like we should never feel sad. We should never feel anxious. We should never feel angry. So what I notice with my clients is they're trying to get away from feelings that they have labeled as feelings that they don't want to feel because for some reason for them, they're wrong. Interesting. Oh my goodness. That's so good. I think we're going to have a couple of questions on that with the chat room folks. I forgot to mention, I would love to hear where everyone's from. So please, you know, let us know, say good morning, say hello uh, to Amanda and I, and let us know where you're from. What do you do? So we can kind of see who's on here as well. And, um, and we'll take a look at that. Um, while that is happening, you know, Amanda, why do you think people naturally go to that mindset of escape? Why do you think that is, is, is what's happening for folks? I think it's a little bit of a couple of things. I think, first of all, like I said before, I think that we've been conditioned to believe that there are good and bad emotions. And so we're only supposed to feel the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we feel about a, a bad or negative emotion, we are uncomfortable. So there's the fact that we don't think we should feel it. Then we also feel uncomfortable. We don't like feeling uncomfortable and our brains are super smart. They're like, oh, you're uncomfortable right now. 
I'm going to do all I can to make you as comfortable as possible. It's very comfortable to go and pour yourself a glass of wine. It's very comfortable to turn on a show and just shut off your brain. It's very uncomfortable to recognize I'm feeling a negative emotion right now and I might actually need to pay attention, sink into my body and figure out what's going on, right? You know, and the other thing is, and, and I saw, like Yvonne said, she's been taught to not talk about negative, and that's so true. And I, I, even, I want you to consider, like, when you look at a kid, right? And let's say your child is experiencing a negative emotion, and immediately what we want them to do is feel better. They've got to mm. feel better right away. Mm-hmm. Instead Let me of kiss like, it better. Let me kiss it better. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't, don't cry. Don't cry. It's fine. Yeah. You're fine. Versus like, okay, you just fell off your bike. That really hurt go ahead and cry, feel that emotion. There's nothing wrong with being upset right now. And I do think there's those two things. Society society hasn't really taught us how we culturally don't learn how to process negative emotions. And then also we don't know how to be uncomfortable. Interesting. I'm curious while you said that, how many parents you know, not that you feel like you have to out yourself. We could have done a quick poll on that, but how many parents do that? Like, it's just an automatic thought, right? To, to uh, tell them not to cry or it's okay or it's okay, let me kiss it better, right? Uh, how many folks are actually doing that? And where does that come from? Is that like, you know, a learned behavior or is that the, our mind just saying, you know what, let's avoid it, right? Because if you do feel comfy and you're, you're in that space, then isn't that a good thing to always feel comfortable? Well, I would argue no, (laughs) but you know, I'm always pushing my clients to, to be uncomfortable because the truth is, I mean, we've all heard it. Like everything you wanted ever you wanted in your life is outside your comfort zone. And and it's really true. Our brains do want to keep us comfortable. It's kind of a survival mechanism, right? When you think about to like the caveman days, we strive for comfort because comfort was our survival but we don't have to do that anymore because we survive no matter what really, right? Like our brain is this primitive brain that offers us these primitive solutions. And what we wanna do is use our prefrontal cortex and start telling our brain, no, I'm fine. I can be uncomfortable, it's fine. I can handle this, I can do hard things. And then what it allows you to do is, is to not slip into those patterns of doing the things that are comfortable because your brain's always gonna give you the option of comfort. And like, I even look at it as the other day I was running and I just started running and it seems kind of insane because I've always said that I hated running, but this is what I'm doing now. You're pivoting. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pivoting. I want to be outside and I want to exercise and running seems like a really great option, right? And you only need runners. So, but I was running and I was thinking about the fact that my brain, the whole time I'm running tells me it wants to stop. The whole time. It never stops. It's always like, you could just stop. But when I don't stop, I get more fit. When I don't stop, I increase my capacity. When I don't stop, I keep promises to myself. And I think that's a big thing is keeping those promises to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I your love brain's going to offer the comfortable. You, you don't want the comfortable. Yeah, I love that. It's really because we already know what's on the other side. I mean, I think as coaches, we, we constantly talk into that space all the time. But I think when someone's in it, it's, it's sometimes difficult, right, to be reminded of, you know what, confidence is on the other side of when you actually did the work, right? Like you can't, you know, if someone said, listen, uh, welcome to university, uh, you're going to do the final exam today, and you're done. Why do four years, right? 
but think about the information that you're going to have to go through or know and practice or discipline. You just don't have access to that. You literally have to do the work that is necessary to get to that other side. And so that's what you're saying is when you're doing the uncomfortable, you're getting to the other side. And the big part of that is what about the promises um, you make to yourself? Like how many times have we tried to deal with ourselves. I swear, if you do this just this one time, then I will do that. And we start creating those different habits for ourselves, right? So what can someone do before we get into some questions? Because I'm really curious about some questions that you guys have um, uh, about that. But what can someone do when it comes to um, helping themselves get out of the uncomfortable? And we want to be able to, to take a couple more. Uh, we'll take some comments. Yeah, you know what, to get out of the uncomfortable, I mean, one thing I can say is like, if you are finding that you're buffering, one thing that you can do is identify whether or not your behaviors are taking you closer or farther away from your goals. You know, is this getting me closer or does this take me farther? And then if you do identify that it's taking you farther away, then you can say whether or not that's a behavior you want to look mm -hmm. at and whether or not you want to be uncomfortable and address that behavior. And then what I really recommend is like setting a schedule for yourself and planning those activities, activities you want to decrease, put them on a calendar. I'm going to watch Netflix on Wednesday night from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then I'm not going to watch it anymore. And what you're going to find is when you start trying to do that, for my clients, they find this, the discomfort comes up. And mm. that, that discomfort comes up, it's recognizing I'm experiencing an urge right now. Mm -hmm. And normally how I answer that urge is I act on the urge. So what do I need to think differently about myself to reduce that urge? So you can really challenge your thought. I need a drink to relax. I feel uncomfortable right now, but I can be uncomfortable. It's something you could replace that thought with, right? Mm -hmm. I can do hard things. I can get this to the other side. I mean, I have to, I have to tap into my Gail King here for a second, which is Christopher Lawrence, because he deals with a lot of this in the space um, as well. I'm, I believe he's on here. Christopher, if you're on here, um, what are your thoughts on some of the stuff here? Hi, Kyle. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You know what, Amanda, I think you're nailing it. Hi, team. Uh, I think you're nailing it. This is an extremely important concept that Amanda's talking about this morning. And the word that I like to use for this is the word numbing out. So when we're feeling things, so like, you know, and there's, there's research that backs up what Amanda's saying, right? So like, you know, and, and it's social research and there's more research to be done on it, but about two to four hours of free time is kind of what we, we look for on any given day, but anything, and, and for some of us it's less, for some of us it's more, but any more than that, and it actually becomes a counterproductive activity. And so I know with myself, you know, Netflix is a prime example. The first, you know, first two weeks of COVID, the amount of Netflix that I sat down and watched, and it was like, this is not helping me at all, right? You know, so, so you know, you sit, you sit down and you do it for a bit, but then it starts to become a counterproductive activity. And, and it's, it's called numbing out, right? That's what Amanda's talking about here. And so, so <clears throat> feels good for a tiny little bit, but then you kind of get into that addictive cycle in a way. And so this is really, really important to pay attention to because if those activities, like Amanda nailed it, right? If they're not, if they're not replenishing you, if, if after sitting down and watching Netflix or having a cigarette or, or whatever, you're not feeling, you know, you know, there's a difference between feeling temporarily better versus replenished. 
there's a big difference, you know, and I, I think there's something about this that's really important to pay attention to, you know, so, so I'll hand it back to you, Kyle and Amanda, but yeah, really good, important topic today. And I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about this because I think so many folks are numbing out right now, you know, eating that, <clears throat> as Brene Brown would say, that banana nut muffin and a beer. It's like, okay, so do you feel, do you feel better now? Because, because if you don't, it's probably not the thing that you actually need. Maybe you just need to, you know, feel like shit for a while. I will say um, I did make banana nut uh, muffin. <laughs> However, it's not because I was numbing out. <laughs> No, but you're helping everybody else numb out and get fat because we're all watching your Facebook page and it is not helping. Okay, <clears throat> thank you. you. Let's Kyle. go. For you. Let's go back to camera two. Um, back to you, Amanda. Um, so, what Christopher just said, I mean, it really is is what you're you're trying to say. You know, in the sense of that whole the validating that piece around. You know, why are we doing it? Like, are we doing that purposely? Like, are we mindful of what that looks like? And what are some things that people can do with that? You know, one of the questions I think just popped up is where um, Yvonne just asked a question around. You know, can we set a schedule for ourselves to to be in that negative emotional space? Like, you know, how long should that last? Because sometimes I think people may get carried away with feeling sorry for themselves for hours and days and... Yeah, that's a good point. You know what, um, it, can, it can seem indulgent to be in negative emotion. And I think that um, the question you can ask yourself, I always like to look at feelings like this and, and this is how I teach it in my coaching practice and ultimately, you know when you're allowing, when you're talking to your brain. And you know that you're resisting when you're listening to your brain. And I think that's the real caveat here is that feeling bad, but allowing your brain to give you all the evidence of why you feel bad is not allowing emotion. And that's not really what I'm talking about here. You don't get to go on a hate fest on yourself. That's not it. More so it's feeling it in your body. Where do I feel this discomfort? Take a body scan. You know, I feel heaviness in my chest. I feel a little bit about pounding behind my eyes. And then telling yourself, I can do this. I can do hard things. This is fine. Nothing's gone wrong here. That is what I really mean by like being a negative emotion, not throwing a pity party for yourself. And I mean, because the problem when we do that is when we when we allow our brains to take over the message, our brains are just that primitive brain is awesome to go out and find all the evidence. You know, I feel bad because I don't like this about myself and I don't like that about myself. And then my spouse did that and he's such a jerk. And then, oh my God, my kids are brutal. They don't homeschool at all. I can't keep them on track. Like that's what our brains do when we like mm -hmm. sink in like that. So it's really important to just be more conscious of like, where am I feeling this in my body? I'm okay. I can feel uncomfortable right now. That's kind of the difference. You can schedule it, but I don't know that it necessarily it's going to come up at a time when it's convenient for you. And really you don't need to spend a ton of time there, but more so just understand and allow that you can, you can feel a negative emotion and you're not going to die. Right. Or, or be, yeah, or be flexible. So if it's happening to you at work, it's not about, uh, okay, put it off. Maybe that's the schedule piece of, you know what, let me deal with this now. Maybe I need yeah. to just step away and be mindful of it, that it's happened to me and take a break or say to someone, now is not a good time, 
right? Um, yeah. Because that has happened too, right? You know, in our work is we're able to say, is now's not actually not a good time and step away from it because these things don't just happen before you get to work and after <laughs> you do yeah. work, right? It happens to us all the time. So what can we do to step into that in that moment and be mindful? And, and I, I like that because, you know, for me, it actually doesn't happen in my brain. It happens actually in my body. I find for me, things start hurting. And I thought, okay, I didn't do anything to this arm. Like, why is it hurting? Right? And, you know, Christopher always asked me if I'm smelling burnt toast, right? Because he thinks I'm stroking out or something. But I think sometimes it's about, it's, it's for some people, it's physical. And for some people, it is mental. But I think what you're saying is just being aware of it. And then yeah. before you start binging on something else. Just be a watcher, sense. right? Like try not to be, try to like take the judgment out. Mm-hmm. You know, we call it like holding space in the coaching mm-hmm. world, right? Mm-hmm. Hold space for yourself. Mm-hmm. Just be a watcher. Just notice. And why didn't we learn that? Parents, where are you? Why did we not learn that? Why did we not have someone say, okay, don't go to these things. I mean, and I, I think a lot of times we, we laugh at that only because we blame parents for a lot of things that, you know, how do they know? I mean, they're modeling off something that they've, they've seen themselves or they read themselves. It's usually a modeling. It's not something that they may or may not have experienced, right? And so, you know, I think there's a message there for some parents, right? Around, you know, how do you actually, because I think it was Tracy who mentioned sometimes it's a knee-jerk reaction right? To just, okay, 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 okay. It's all good. It's all good. Don't feel those things, right? Because you don't want to see your, your kid in pain or hurt or discomforted, right? True. But the thing that's so funny about that really, and honestly, is if you look at your brain, it's just your brain doesn't want to be uncomfortable either. So we're telling ourselves a lot of stories too throughout the day. Like you'll notice if you just kind of are a watcher and you see, you'll see like your brain tells you all kinds of stories and you believe it's true. And I think the beauty of coaching, honestly, is coaching allows somebody else to look at you and say, actually, can you see how you're telling yourself a story right now? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think Kathy just mentioned that. True. Yeah, I think Kathy just mentioned that is, you know, knowing when to access, you know, people who, who can give us that reflection. Yeah, because I get it. Like I, empathy is, is definitely what we call like sort of jumping in the pool with somebody, right? Like, oh my gosh, I want to be there for you and I want to make you feel better. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that mm-hmm. at all. It's just when we're looking at ourselves, it's understanding that the goal isn't always just to feel better. Sometimes mm-hmm. the goal is to feel what we're feeling and understand that our brain is telling us a bunch of stuff that maybe isn't true mm-hmm. and we need to address it. And we want to knowing that nothing's a problem unless you decide it's a problem. You know, you get to decide, is this a problem for me? Do I want to be here and do I want to go here? And how am I going to get there? Right. Before we take some questions, guys, which I think there's lots of great comments. And man, I'll give you a chance to read some of those comments because there's a few things that people are saying and asking. I think you, you might want to respond to. I want to tell you about an interesting story that happened to me. Um, it was many moons ago and I saw this kid. He may have been just two or three years old. And um, he was putting things in his mouth, like he was touching things and he was putting in his mouth. And of course, his mom is frantic because she's trying to shop and she's hitting on his hand and she's like, stop that, stop that. And she just kept going at him. And I obviously, when it comes to parents and elderly, those are probably my two sensitive sensors around dealing with these folks. And I went over to her and I said, do you know why he's actually doing that? 
do you know why? Like he's trying to make sense of his world because he doesn't have the tools and resources like we do as adults. And so he doesn't know, and maybe he needs more understanding of, you know what, I know you want to touch this. I know you want to sense what it is. I know you want to understand what this thing is, but putting it in your mouth is not good. Why don't you touch it? Why don't you look at it? Why don't you, and create an opportunity to be mindful, right? And I think as we're talking about the modeling, because someone has said, you know, we're trying to figure ourselves out, much less to give to our kids, but we are that model for kids sometimes, right? So anyway, uh, I just wanted to add on that. What do, you, what do you think about that, Amanda? Yeah, I do think we model for our kids, but I think that, you know, it's interesting, especially, especially for the women. And I can't say, I can't say that it isn't true for the men, but I can say for the moms in the group, for sure. Mm -hmm. We are really running our life under this lens of we have to be the perfect mom. Right. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, I think sometimes we miss that we are supposed to be modeling for our children. Like we should be modeling self-care. Mm -hmm. we need to we need to show our kids what it looks like to take care of yourself first and how to process your emotions well teach them you know when you see your child crying and they're upset for sure like whatever whatever works for you to go to them but there's nothing wrong with sitting with them and saying just tell me about it you know just being curious I think we could be way more curious with our children and way more curious with ourselves and just ask more questions like why is this a problem for me right now ask your child why why is this coming up for you why are you crying and you're right kids don't always have the words they don't have the they don't have the brain development yet to put all that into place so helping them negotiate that but the best thing you can do is learn to do that for yourself right I love that. Any questions or comments that you guys have for Amanda? Um, I like some of these comments because even uh, someone here mentioned, you know, you could do this for uh, coworkers, right? If something is happening, instead of being reactive to it, could we slow down, right? So I think, you know, we have some owners, business owners on here. We have some leaders on, on here in today's meeting. And I think for them, it could be I know my reaction is this, either I'm going to reprimand them, I'm going to write them up, I'm going to fire them, whatever. But what if we actually was in that space with them and just say, what's happening? You know, here's what I'm noticing and kind of having that conversation. And I like what you said, just kind of get, as with kids, you know, get right down there. I think I'm going to do that to Catherine. I think if something happens, I'm going to sit her down in the middle of the office and just say, <laughs> what's happening? I pick on Captain because I can't, um, because I'm afraid of the retaliation with Christopher, so I don't. Um, but yeah. Catherine's actually had to do that with me probably two or three times a year over the last four years that she's been with us. And I'm not joking. She has pulled me aside and said, I think you're missing something. <laughs> I love that. Um, any questions there, guys? Uh, to, any comments that you have, um, Amanda, from what you're seeing there? I just saw this um, comment from Angie that her kids don't have the patience for what ifs or multiple answers and they're looking for safety and security of being able to tell them the answer. And I think that's a really interesting comment. Um, I agree that you have to grow into uncertain outcomes, but I think we can teach our kids how to be uncomfortable. You know, we can, we can teach them that it's okay that we don't have the answers. And sometimes I think what ends up happening is, is we're not okay 
-hmm. with uncertain outcomes. And then we project that onto other people. And even like in a, in a co-working space, like when you're working with employees and, and with other coworkers, it's really just so fascinating to always turn what you're feeling about somebody else and turn it inward on yourself. I think they're doing this. I think I'm doing this. Like, um, I'm having a bit of a brain blip here and it'll come back to me, but Byron Katie is Mm -hmm. really good at that. If you guys have ever read any of her work, she talks about flipping things around and it's amazing. Excellent. Well, Amanda, there's so much you can, we could talk about obviously from here. And I think this is just the beginning. I would love to have you back and to get a little bit more into that conversation. How can people reach out to you? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can um, reach me at my website, obviously, at 3sconfidence.com. Um, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at 3sconfidence or find me on LinkedIn, Amanda Hess. Be happy to connect. Um, I'm certainly open to doing a free 60-minute consult for anybody that's having issues with buffering and, and you know experiencing negative emotions and how they can handle that. It would be my pleasure to help walk you through that. Brilliant. You know, guys, there's some amazing things to be able to take away from today. I would love to hear in the comments, what is the one thing that resonated with you the most? Instead of me summarizing it for you, because um, there's a couple of things that resonated with me is the promise that you you um, make to yourself and, you know, being able to get out of the comfort zone. You know, I often make reference to the thing about comfort zone, although it may feel nice and it's pretty and all these other things, but nothing grows in a comfort zone, right? So if you're looking about personal growth, you kind of have to step out of that. But I'm curious for you guys, as we summarize here and get ready for the after chat, um, what resonated with you the most in today's meeting? And so stick around if you'd like to be part of the 10, 15 minutes of kind of Q&A interaction with Amanda Hess. You could be able to do that. Next week, we have the good Dr. Um, Breen, who's going to be the co-host. And we're going to talk about the things that people usually covet. And so I'm going to leave you with that question. What do you covet? Health wealth, um, and also time, right? So what does that look like? We'll be able to do that. An amazing lineup, as you can see behind me, uh, for just get Dan's info this side. Um, Dan's coming up. We're going to fix that date. It says the 29th, but we're going to take care of that. So thank you again, Amanda, for coming on and also Green to stick around. And thank you everyone for participating today. It really was a great pleasure to have everyone here and talking about this great topic, because I think a lot of times people don't talk about this. And so I'm glad that we're able to do. So we're going to do a quick little outro. All of Amanda's contacts in the chat. Oh my God, I have a lot to say in a minute. Uh, all the things, um, Amanda's contacts in the chat. So you can click on those things and, and reach out to her and stay connected. Um, thank you again. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. everyone to the after the meeting this is the part where everyone still straggles and says you know the meeting was great and i don't want to leave it and da 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 or you're going to say hey what are we going to do with this meeting right so anyways uh thank you guys amanda how was that for you it was so much great information i really wanted to 
kept talking about so many things to unpack it because I think, you know, for people who are watching, it's almost like, oh my God, that's great. But then what, right? Because we want to try to get into that. But in 30 minutes or in our case, 20 minutes, you can't really fit all that stuff in, right? Yeah, so true. I know. I feel like I could have gone on and on about like more of the information <laughs> and just given a little bit more depth. <laughs> for sure. I love that. Any other questions? Someone has a comment. You could unmute yourself and, and, and speak to Amanda or myself. This is kind of where we get the no holds bar. And I'm just curious. I mean, how are you guys dealing with that in this space? Do you find that you are you're you're more trying to hold on to a comfort zone with with the pandemic or or what happened if i could um jump in here kyle sorry my spouse <clears throat> my spouse is listening from from his temporary desk i mean temporary is not even the right word anymore is it <laughs> march 15th and now it's the end of time and he's still sitting there um, <laughs> um so i don't know if any of you have signed up for that text for hope thing where does it come from vince it comes from the alberta hospital so you can kind of google this it's called text for hope the number four hope and and uh the one that they send you a text every day they're brilliant they're absolutely brilliant it's like having a little message from a coach every day and it's right on theme with your message today amanda Oh, what does it say? Today's message is we can't stop thoughts. They pop into our head automatically, but we can learn to question our thoughts when they're unhelpful. And I think that's a lot of what the theme of today was, was, mm -hmm. was, you know, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to, you know, to sit and watch Netflix, but pay attention to what's happening. Mm -hmm. Start questioning it. Don't take it at face value as just the okay thing. You know, so I don't know if you want to comment on that, Amanda, but I thought it was very fitting with your message today. And I really hope people were paying attention. This is like the thing, right? This is the thing that people need to be paying attention to right now. Yeah, thank you, Christopher. I'm totally going to sign up for that text for hope. I think it's amazing. So that's what a great tool to be able to have. Um, <clears throat> I think it's so true. You have all these thoughts. They, they are, they're, they're automatic and you, you just need to recognize that they're going to happen and there's nothing's gone wrong. It's fine. Your brain just does that. It's good. It's fine. You just, like you say, you don't have to believe it. It doesn't have to be true. And you can start telling your brain what to think, right? Like, I think it's fascinating that there's science that shows that our thoughts are physical pathways and that we can actually make new physical pathways. And that's fascinating and amazing and like that means anything in your life is possible yeah i, I really like that you know, there's two things i want to comment on that what christopher said and what you're saying there amanda is one um i really like when netflix says are you still there is <laughs> right because if it's it's a great reminder to be honest right where you just like because you're after two or three and there's moments when i see that are you still there that i say to myself instead of clicking right away i'm like Hmm, actually, I think I've watched enough, right? If Netflix is asking, I think I've watched enough, right? So I've come to learn that if they'd ask me, are you still there? I wish the other folks would do the same thing, but maybe there's something we could do for ourselves individually to remind ourselves, right? Um, and I don't know if Christopher is up to it. I remember him having a conversation with a client. I think it was a client or maybe it was him because either the client, his client told me or himself, um, 
around it being him, but the, the driving, right? I think the client was struggling with driving. It was always angry, road rage. And I think, you know, um, he started to use a post-it note in his windshield, right? Christopher, is that the story? Yeah, so, so I had a client, so actually it started with me. So mindfulness, and this is a lot of what Amanda's talking about today, is having acute mindfulness, right? Awareness about yourself and your thoughts and your actions and how they tie together. And I know for myself, I was an extremely angry driver. You wouldn't, you know, for those that know me, you wouldn't even believe it. I, I once pulled my e-brake in the middle of Memorial Drive, got out of my car to go scream at somebody, right? If you know me, now you 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 couldn't even imagine it you know and and so actually i i did a full week full eight week mindfulness based stress reduction program and it completely changed my life uh for that stuff you know but but with this particular client of mine the way that we did this with him is we we had a a post-it sitting somewhere in his car somewhere not obstructing his vision or whatever and it said something to the effect of remember you don't know what's happening for them like, we don't know if they're rushing to the hospital to say goodbye to a grandmother. We don't know if, um, you know, maybe they're just an angry person, too, because they had a crappy childhood. Like, and it's not about making excuses for them. It's, that's not what the intent of it is. The intent of it is to actually bring yourself back to, the, to, to yourself, to be questioning yourself. Thank you for that. Anything on that, Amanda? Yeah, you know what? I think that's so amazing and it's so true, right? Because a lot of times we walk through our life thinking that life is happening to us. Like this mm -hmm. person did this to us and then this happened and it, it was, you know, our kids did this to us, our boss did this to us, that driver just did that to me. And when you sit in that space and in that mindset, you're so powerless mm -hmm. and you're powerless even to your own emotions. Like everything just happens to you. So how great to even just be able to have, I love sticky notes, by the way. I have sticky oh notes God. all over my monitor. You and so. Christopher do not need to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I swap them you're out once in a while. Person, Amanda, you're a good person, regardless of what Kyle is saying. Do you sometimes change the color and have this yes. message? Yeah, because it brings it to the front of your mind. So you yes. know what you're doing. Kyle, you could learn something. Sticky notes are where it's at. That and colored gel pens. I can't business with the amount of sticky notes I buy. I'm trying to get down. It is a little bit of an addiction. Catherine will tell you I've capped our, offer our office supplies expense um, because between him and Staples, I don't know what's going to go there. But oh, We have a secret love affair. My <laughs> jealous of me and stationery. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Um, yeah. any, any other comments for Amanda? How is this sitting with some of you guys who are still on here after the meeting? Oh, I think it's sitting very well. I think no one wants to <laughs> expose themselves. <laughs> I see all the laughs. I think no one is, wants to expose myself. But like I said, man, I think it's really good. I really appreciate you kind of uh, coming on and having more of that conversation. And, you know, we are looking forward to seeing you back again. And just like Christopher said, we really can't say this enough when it comes to about self. And, you know, I, I often mention this about the best advice a flight attendant can give you is you have to put on your own mask before assisting other people. 
and we just naturally feel that we have to assist other people. But if your mask is not on there, I remember as a flight attendant, I remember giving that briefing to a lady and I was telling her about how to put her own mask before assisting her baby. And you could tell she was like rolling her eyes at me like, yeah, 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 I've done this so many times, blah, blah, blah. And I said, do you know why we tell you that? I said, because at the end of the day, your baby's lungs is so much smaller. It doesn't need a lot, right? And so therefore, they can go a little bit longer than you. You can't because you need all this oxygen. And if you're not around, it's someone like me that's going to take care of your baby. Would you like that? <laughs> and she's like, got it. <laughs> right? So maybe that's the image you need to put in your head is who do you want to take care of your baby if you're not around? But isn't that true, though? If you're not around... Who's going to take care of other things? And that's what's going to happen to you if you can't take care of yourself. So thank you so much for, for coming in. Any last words, Amanda, before we wrap up here? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on today. It's an honor to be able to come on your show. And I just, I really appreciate being able to come on here. Thank you for everybody that came on and participated. Um, I just think it's great that you showed up for yourself this morning. And that's a beautiful thing every Monday morning to be able to do that. Um, any last words? You know, ultimately, just be gentle with yourself mm. and, and just recognize that you are doing the best you can, always no matter what you're doing, even if you are watching 24 hours of Netflix, I mean, whatever. But if you do need help with that, coaching is a beautiful resource. Mm -hmm. You know, it is something that will for sure get you where you want to go a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And one last thing, Amanda, I would like you to comment on, what about the judgment that comes in? What about judgment when people have spent 24 hours of watching Netflix? What would you say to that? Same thing applies, really. Your brain is going to give you all the reasons why you're so terrible because you did that. Mm. And it's just recognizing that you're not going to listen to the stories that your brain tells and you're going to start telling your brain things on purpose. Mm -hmm. What can you say to yourself that lessens that feeling that you're having when those messages start coming in? Like if you're feeling anxious and then you watch Netflix and then you watched all that Netflix and you wake up the next day and you feel anxious because you watched all that Netflix, right? right. It's just recognizing that the reason why you're feeling anxious isn't because you watched all the Netflix. It's because of what you're thinking about what you did. It's, it's your thoughts about watching all the Netflix. Netflix. So what thought can you have instead? It's okay. Today's a new day. Like whatever that thought is for you, something that gives you some relief. I love that. Thank you, Gail. Well, I have to jump in for just one minute here. Go ahead, I'm Gail. I'm to jump in for one minute. It is so clear to me that Amanda knows her stuff. We've never met officially, Amanda. I don't think I'm listening to you today and I'm like nodding my head. Amanda knows her stuff. If you guys are, if, you guys are, if anything that she is saying is resonating with you, take advantage of that call with her. Take advantage of that call with her and have a conversation. She knows her stuff. I'm listening to what she's saying. I'm a very well-researched coach. Amanda, congratulations to you. It is clear to me that you know what you're doing. I think it's so key. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Christopher. That is yeah. like so kind of you to jump in and say that. Thank you. The business owner in me is telling you to take that clip and put it on your website. <laughs> so you want to be able to do that. Great Guys. idea. You have my permission. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, use that as a testimony. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week with Dr. Breen when we talk about what is it you're coveting health, wealth, um, as well as your time. Have a great week. <laughs>